0: Everybody. Welcome to the Accordion to Me podcast with Veronique Medrano. I am Veronique, and you are here for our special holiday episode for the Accordion to Me podcast with life accordion to me and my mothers. And as you can tell, my parents are on here for the very first time. Um, this is... Tell everybody
1: who you are. Mom number one. <laughs>
0: Excuse and this me? is... I'm number two, sometimes I do feel like I got a (laughs) number (laughs) two. Oh, Lord. So this is a reference to Cat in the Hat, thing One, and Thing Two. They are equally important. And so today we're going to be talking about the holidays, how we celebrate them, how we feel about them, and also when we talk about the holidays, we have to talk about what we're looking forward in the new year. So for this special episode, you guys will get to take a journey with me and my moms. As some of you know, early in 2020, I was in an accident. The consequences that you have to live with after can be a lot. You can lose your car, you can lose work, and therefore money, and you can of course be super injured and have huge hospital bills to pay. No bueno. So if like me, you've been the victim of an accident, you need a professional to help you get the care you need. In case of an accident, you need a lawyer to protect your rights and your wallet. And you don't have to look any further than that simple phrase by going to the URL incaseofanaccident.com for a free consultation 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And if the person that suffered the accident wasn't you, but maybe it was your tia or your abuelita or something, don't worry. Everyone at In Case of an Accident speaks Spanish. They can even take messages through WhatsApp at 888 888- nine nine zero zero nine one one so if you or a loved one have suffered through a horrible car accident like me visit the team at incaseofanaccident.com for more help just don't forget to tell them that veronique medrano from accordion to me sent you i am going to introduce you guys to mom number one and mom number two Mom number one is Cindy, and mom number two is Red. Um, and a lot of people ask me about how you know it feels like to have parents who are very supportive of my music career and my art career, and I don't like to get into it only because I feel like it's not so much like why they support me, because that feels like such a weird question. I feel like you guys are artistics yourselves, like each in your own way. So it makes sense that when I started showing signs of wanting to be creative, you guys were like, yes, we're supporting it. Like, it just felt innate that you guys would be like, ah, yes, she's gonna paint. Oh, yes, she's gonna do this. So like, when did you guys know that I was leaning artistically as a
1: child? When you drew, drew all over the bathroom walls. Okay,
0: bathroom, I did. Bathroom door. Did I really do that? Oh, actually I did. Oh yeah, at the House of Nortensia. I, um, I ended up, what did I end up doing? I ended up doing the, oh my God. I, I still remembered it. It was at the bottom of my, my bedroom because I had gotten caught doing drawings in the bathroom that I started working on like just itching into the floor and some of them stayed and you caught me.
1: I call them squiggly lines.
0: They were squiggly lines, but they were squiggly because I was just always looking at the tile in the bathroom. And I was like, and somehow my brain would make, would make things. What about you? Uh, when
2: you could, when you started to, you were a late talker at four. So when you were able to put the words together through song before putting them together in word.
0: Yeah, I've I've said this story multiple times in multiple interviews, right? Almost every single person asks me about like how I started in music and I and I tell them that story, but like I'm no one's heard it from the side of my mom. So like what was that? Like I was I was 4, I was a late talker and
2: yeah, my mother thought that there was a problem, so we took her to the doctor and then they determined that you were fine. But you were four years old, and you were still saying words, but you weren't putting them together in sentences, like, I want water. Okay. So, there, you know, there was that concern, but they determined, because I would speak in English, and my mother would speak in Spanish, that because of that dual language, the doctor thought that maybe that's why you were not... Like putting putting, the full sentence. Putting sentences together, correct.
0: Because I was trying to understand one and the other. You know what, that's wild that you're saying that, because that's how I feel now, trying to relearn Spanish.
2: Yeah, so that was the issue. And, of course, back then, Selena, you know, the Johnny Canales show were big, and so you were staying at Mom's. She would always be watching it with you. And I could see that you started to try to put some words, like s- sing the words together. And that's when, I, I, you know, you were able to do that first. And then, of course, then once you started talking, though, there was no going no, back, no going back.
0: There was no stopping me to the point that I now have a podcast. And if you guys are wondering if my parents listen to the podcast, they do. They do, and they give me lots of critique, and they get very worried, obviously, all the time because they're my parents. And, you know, it's really nice to kind of have them here in the space because they're able to kind of understand what I do. They get to be in the hot seat versus me being on the hot seat. Like, that's why we structured the seats this way. I'm actually in the middle of both of them right now versus me being, you know, on the outside. So I always loved music. I always loved art of some kind. It wasn't always just music because I don't think every school had a music program that I went to. So when I think about that, I do remember, like I got into art when I was in one school because they didn't have a choir choir. Mm -hmm. At a different one, I got into like dance. At IWA, I got into dance. jazz, tap. Because they really didn't have a choir program. Like, there was choir, but it was like medio choir, medio dance at the time. And, yeah, yeah. I was always doing something. They didn't have choir. They kind of had Like, they had a little, like, like church choir. That's what I'm saying. It was half and half. Like, they had the dancing, like, the flocorico and all that stuff for a little bit of Mexico. And then the <laughs> music. So, what is your... F- so, like, talking about the holidays, I always remember... This one photo, and it's weird now, like, being as old as I am, remembering the memory, because it feels like the photo now, which is, like, all, like, like faded, which was at the house. There was a little, like, side room, and I remember the tree. Yes, it was the office. It ended up turning into the (laughs) office. But, or it was always the office. I don't know. It was always the office. (laughs) And there was this huge tree and the room was filled with boxes. Oh, you couldn't walk down the stairs. Yeah, I couldn't walk down the stairs. I remember that. You were four. I was four. And like... When you were kids, like, did you ever have that kind of experience? Like, do you, that you remember where you were like small, not that and walking full. in? No, maybe not that full, but like, what is your favorite memory as a child of the holidays?
2: That's a good one. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think we wanted to overwhelm you and I
0: think <laughs> you did. I was overwhelmed. Yeah, went to I think it was a good store. age too.
1: also yeah, to have that one memory for you to remember it versus if you were smaller. Enough. Oh, no, I,
0: I don't remember anything. But yeah. prior, prior to, to that, the
2: Dollar Tree and brought all kinds of little toys and we wrapped every single one and the <laughs> little room was full of it.
0: Full. There, I think full we still have the photo of that Christmas. But then. The, we find it. We should scan it. Yes. What, but what was the other memorable Christmas for you guys? That's mine. With you
1: or us as children? Well, uh, you guys as kids. Because that was mine as a kid. For me, um, probably when I still had my grandmother. Okay. She would always be cooking tamales and everybody would come over and the tamales, the piñuelos, the champurrado.
0: I recently got into champurrado really bad this holiday season because mm-hmm. of California, because we had gone to LA and every, because it's so cool over there, every single food truck in LA had champurrado. Wow. So, like, I I had already had the taste for it. And so I was like, ah, how is there no place? It's 20 degrees out here. (laughs) How is there no one that sells champurrado in the valley? But all champurrado is different. Yes. But there is, like, a very, like, the one that got made at home this year was a little, was thicker, which I liked. But the one that was made in L.A. that I went to, it was a taco truck, so you're not going to want to go too crazy, and I get it, is, like, medio champurrado, medio hot chocolate, like, it was right oh, in the middle. Champuro. No, no, no. But, like, you're trying to sell it to the masses. So, like, if you're getting a I bunch guess. of people, then, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like traditional champurro.
1: Ooh.
0: And so that was, like, that's your, your favorite, R- favorite Remembering family. my grandmother, yeah. And you? Uh, just family
2: gathering, just everyone coming together, you know, when I was growing up. Especially on my dad's side, it was a big family. We were closer back then so it was just a lot of family I
0: a remember. lot yes because i remember one time and my grandmother right now is is 90 91. 91 so but she she's very active she's very much mentally there but i was this holiday i was talking to her because we had tamales and stuff and it just clicked a memory of the big family situation because they had all come I was young. I had to have at least been maybe ten. Maybe younger. I can't remember. It might have been seven through ten. And I remember everybody from the kitchen that like she was at at the time, all the way out into like the living room, we had set up tables all the way out for Tamales. Is and that I remember when re- that
1: Gonzalez came to? It's when all oh, oh, everybody. Oh, yeah.
0: Everybody. I remember that. That was a lot. It was a lot of people. And I ran upstairs. <laughs> so I did a few tamales, but they kept talking the and doing stuff. I was like, <laughs> I forgot something in the car. That I'm was like, I don't know. It was a lot. It was a lot of people, but it was really fun. And I do remember that. Now, OK. Game time Ooh. is fun. Yes. <laughs> Loteria is a very brutal game. It's <laughs> <laughs> not Christmas or holidays. If Without it was not Loteria. Loteria. <laughs> now, we're talking about gifts. What has been the one gift that you remember like to this day like it's still something you may still have it but it's something that like you just clearly remember was very impactful for you my
1: first bat your first bat (laughs) my first baseball bat why? Because I, I wanted a steel bat, and my mom didn't want to get it for me because she kind of knew what I was going to do with it. Oh. And so my statute of limitations <laughs> has run out so for anyone that's listening. So my dad bought it behind her back, and it just appeared under the tree. And then when I opened it, she couldn't do anything about it. Well, yeah, because you I already had, had bat. the bat. Yeah, I, it's a. It was a, like a, like a. Midnight blue. Metal, bat. Midnight blue. Yeah, it was like a pretty dark blue, mm-hmm. but it was a metal bat. I love that bat. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like seven or eight. And what about you?
0: I don't really recall. You don't have any... Like, gift, like you're thinking about. Like, like any. Gift. Like I'm talking about any. I'm, I'm including like even into adult like years. Like a watch? <laughs> so a there's watch. this infamous story about the year that we inadvertently realized that mom number two is not a jewelry person, a person you should buy any jewelry for. But we were so excited because we had picked out that watch, like me and you had picked out the watch. And we thought, oh my God, we must know her. We must know her so well that she will love this watch. Oh my God. I don't know what was up that year, but I think it was, oh, and to top it all off, she was taking deviance class. So she was a pill and a half. My favorite. I hated that class
1: class I don't even ever. care if she
0: ever reviewed that. I, no. <laughs> no, because the whole year she was like, it's not my response. It's how you're reacting to my response of your reaction or some shit. Like, she would always twist it, because that's what she learned in deviance class. But that was one of the most annoying things that ever came out of it. And so, because she was very forthright about her feelings at the time, and she just said it and didn't give a shit, she was like, so though she opens the box, and now you're going to take over because I don't know what your mind was then. <laughs> she just sat there with the box open.
1: I cannot repeat what I said, but.
0: No, she was very crass. And we were like, <laughs> fuck this Christmas. <laughs> no, we just, we just were like, we, we ended up just walking away. We're like, okay, we're just going to go return it. Cool. Okay. But do you remember buying a any watch gift?
1: For somebody is like buying a car. You can't do that. You got to take the person with you to go buy the car because they got to pick the style. They got to pick whether it's a four door or a two door. If anyone wants to give me a free car,
0: do not just give me whatever. Four door (laughs) SUV, whatever. No watch. Don't (laughs) care. Okay, but any 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 gift that you've gotten, (laughs) I usually. You're a really good gift giver. Yes. You are a super good gift giver. I am now that is my mission from now in the holidays is to figure out a gift. Well, But
2: for me, I don't really like surprise. I'd like to get gifts that are either use either something I want or okay. I need. So I usually like to make lists. So I usually kind of. You already well. know. Yeah. Which is. So you like unhappy. to know what you're getting is what you're saying. I need to want it or use it. Mm. So there's, there's been no gift
0: that we have given you that has, has elicited an emotional response. Yes. No. Yes.
2: She no. Knows all Everything. Everything.
0: No, no, you like talking. all of them, but no like like those videos where they're like, nobody, oh my God,
2: I, love this.
1: I don't know, I don't think she's the No, princess. she isn't that.
0: No, yes, she is. Yes, she well, is. Over a gift? Okay, but you're not over a gift, but she can be that oh, way. Yeah, but not over a gift. Okay. So for you it's all like, I need to know. I'd like to know. I mean I'd like
2: you to know what I want or need. I mean, I want it to be purposeful. I want it to have function. Okay. Purpose.
0: Okay. I'm going to remember that. Y'all are so messed up. Why? Why? Because then I ruined Christmas because I'm the watch. But what did y'all just say? She, no, she said that it was like function. She wants to know. that, that she wants to know, want but she is a really need. good gift giver. So like, I have gotten emotional over the things that she has gotten me and that you have gotten me because after, at a certain point, I think it was when I was maybe 11 or 12. 12. Was it 12? 12. I stopped making lists. <laughs> I stopped asking for shit. I, I Well, mentally, I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Not because I was going into the teens and I didn't give a shit. It was more like, I, I don't know what was going on at the time, nor do I really want to share it. But like... <laughs> I for Teenager. Sure, no, no. I mean, I, it was pre-teens, but there was so much going on in my life. And I just, I hated everybody at school. People sucked. And I was happy and healthy and had books. And I was like, like it, it became hard to make a list because I just really couldn't make one. I like
1: lists. I, I get, always tell you, I always tell you that the top well top
0: five
1: mm-hmm. but the one two three is the most important so that but way like I can now pick you guys already money. know me so
0: well so uh-huh. like money money <laughs> yes it's like money gift card we're good and see i started doing that too but like at the end of the day that's the reason why i stopped making lists after 12 because i hung out with you guys all the time you guys saw the stuff that i was interested in Plus. or may have liked or whatever like i mean you guys whatever kinda, i liked i had to get too Yes, exactly. I don't like sharing. But for me, like, what is it? Like, night before Christmas stuff. Like, I am not that difficult to shop for. Funky, different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My favorite gift, I can't even, like, rightly think of one. There's too many. Well, because, like, for me, especially being the child, being the recipient of the gift from the parents, for me, it's like, okay, I had, like, Let's just say from like when you can remember. So let's just say six to 10, you have a set of gift, a gift that was super memorable. And then from like 11 to 15, you have a gift that was there's memorable. so many. Yes. I mean,
1: there's all those
0: phases we went through, the Harry Potter, the I mean. Oh, my God. Just- yes. Harry Potter. But the, I think the staple, the really like tried and true was the night before Christmas.
1: I think that one's still like number one today.
0: You got me the teapot. <sighs> yeah. You got me the night before Christmas teapot.
1: Mhm. Yeah,
0: I enjoy my tea. <laughs> yeah, you got me the night before Christmas teapot, and I was using it, and it was like around, <sighs> it was like I was about to graduate college, and I remember getting that from you for Christmas, and that was unexpected. 2013? Yes, 2012, 2013, I remember that teapot. We still have it, don't we? Yes.
1: That was a good teapot.
0: That well, was, it is a good teapot. I mean, teapot. it is a good teapot, not was. I it still is. enjoy my tea. And now that we're on the subject of gifts, what is something... Because you both are in the social fields uh, for your degrees. Mm-hmm. And I have always been very, like... I have this bug in me, I guess, in a sense, like, not, not in a bad way, but, like, for this desire to serve others. And that's always been a thing for us. I think this year we this year was the year that we weren't able to do it just because of time. Well, the pandemic. The pandemic, too. I mean, we still donated, like, the St.
1: Jude and stuff, but yeah. not actually physically do a do an drive event. or something like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, because every year we would do, like, every year that we've been Like here, we would do a drive or we would collect canned goods. I remember I did one time for Christmas do a huge like collection drive at the high school and like people would win prizes for the most. Like one time, that was fun. That was crazy. But like for you guys, why is it important, especially during this time of year, to be looking out for the people in your lives and for other people?
1: Well, for me, I'll never forget it. I think I was
0: maybe. I was little, maybe
1: four or five. Mm-hmm. And because my, my abuela, Tila, didn't like my father, <laughs> and my, my father's mother didn't like my mother, so there was always a quarrel. And I remember something happened, and we were homeless for like two months. We slept in the car, and I must have been four or five. My mother hated it. Well, I mean, who doesn't hate that? But I'll never car seats it. are not
0: comfortable. Yeah,
1: it, it was like I would say two months, maybe a month and a half. But I remember going to the church downtown, and they gave us like um, clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. They gave me a little doll. I hated dolls, but my mom said to be nice.
0: <laughs> I hated dolls bats are fine sports equipment is fine dolls is like no. throwing the fire and then that always stayed with
1: me and then anyway my grandmother my huela Tila found out what was going on and of course that wasn't going to continue Not, she wasn't going to have that so but that that memory of the church helping us out and, and we went, would go in there and they would feed us and stuff it always stayed with me Mm -hmm. And I I said, you know, first of all, this is never going to happen to me when I get older. And my mother didn't want to tell my abuela Okay. My abuela was, she was almighty.
0: (laughs) But like, she didn't want to tell her because she was embarrassed or she didn't want to tell her because it was just kind of like just a really, just with all the chaos going on, it was just kind of like, I don't need to deal with that on top of everything else going on in my life.
1: She didn't want to tell her because... 'Cause she was Huelatila, You don't you don't mess with Wellatila. So my dad was gonna get it. <laughs> I mean, she didn't like him already. Mm. And now you have my daughter and my granddaughter
0: out on the streets, like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> so it, it would've caught it would have caused a fight.
1: <laughs> well, it still caused a fight. Oops. So then, what was the that, point of not saying anything? Yeah, either. but but she found out. My Lydia told her. Ah, you met each No, Lydia. Lydia was. Let's see. She's fifteen years older. So if I was around five, she was twenty. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So she told her.
0: Because I, I will say, like the thing that really strikes me about who I am <clears throat> now as an adult, which I can understand, like the holidays are just difficult. The holidays are just difficult. You really don't know what's happening with people, what they're going through. And it's one of those times where, like, everything is supposed to be cheery. Everything is supposed to be, like, goodwill towards men. But it's also we're in this weird crux of, like, how do we help people? Can we help them? Do we only help them if they want to be helped? Or do we just give without any, any cause? Because... Like, let people know what what you graduated for, for what, with uh, your degree? Social work. So you graduated with social work. But you have been doing social work longer than you've had the degree. <laughs> the degree. Yeah. So, like, I have always been moved to help other people. But I'm sure that at any point, if I had had a different set of parents, that could have been different, but that wasn't. So for you, where did it come from you to be that way? Did it well,
1: stick? Well, I guess that's a good question because I never thought about it. Now that I'm thinking about it, why? I don't know.
0: Because as a kid, it's one thing. Like, yes, there's a, there, it's a moment and you're like, oh, my God. But as an adult, like, I remember I remember clearly, like, you helping neighbors or, like, people. Like, people that you knew. I think
1: Pobuela Latila again. Uh, everybody would always come to her house when anybody needed anything. Uh, you got to remember back then, being a woman woman rancher because she had acres and acres and acres of cotton she was a cotton farmer and then my mom and all her siblings as five-year-olds they were all picking cotton so I don't know what they would call her well they would call her Doña Tila but people needed help or whatever she was always helping everybody no matter what I mean even houses I mean, they weren't like houses, houses, but little shacks and stuff. And She would always help people, but she always did it. And she did it because she wanted to do it. Like she wasn't expecting anything. No, no. And I think I do that a I lot. Mean, I, I think that, I mean, you're making me think about it. It's like I do it because I want to do it, not because I'm expecting something. And from
0: what I'm getting is that Tila, tila. In, tila, in your life, was so impactful. And the things that you observed her doing you were moved by them enough as uh, young to continue to do them as you got older mm-hmm. and so when when we're looking at you know at doing good for other people during the holidays what is things that you would suggest to other people who maybe have the desire to help others but have this sense of trepidation over really like doing it and maybe getting pushback or or, or maybe feeling like they stepped in it yeah because I, get it. I because you handle it really well but like I said you don't know what's going on so it can be a very sensitive place to be well I've learned
1: when I because it's happened a lot like I want to help people and then sometimes I get upset mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's because I don't know if it's embarrassment that the that, that pride. I don't know. But anyway, I learned not to step on anybody's toes and just, I guess, word it differently.
0: And for you, like, why did you end up going into into social and working and helping people? Because you both help a lot of people. Um, I guess I learned that from
2: my father growing up. He was a very giving person. And... um, You know, when he passed, I remember, you know, people, you know, remembering him and they remembered the kind things he did, you know, and I think that, that you really, you know, that's kind of a legacy that you leave behind. And I think helping others makes you feel good. You know, it makes me feel good. It gives me purpose. You've
0: helped them with.
2: And you can't, I mean, that's something you, it's priceless, you know, Um, and people, you know, just like animals, they remember kindness. And I think it, you know, there's a lot of shortage of that in the world. And, you know, I've learned the hard way too, that sometimes, you know, you can be nice and kind and (laughs) people don't really want that sometimes. So sometimes I've had to learn how to read the room (laughs) and, um, you know help those that want to be helped because you can't help those who don't want to be helped. So that and you also can't help and-
0: everyone. No, I think that, you can't. I, I think that's what's hard for me sometimes is I, and maybe it's just my age right now because yes, I'm in my thirties. So I'm finally understanding the world and, and how I want to engage with it. But I remember like in my twenties, I'm sure both of you guys remember like I would get into uncontrollable sobs over the the pain in the world, and it would it would deeply affect me. Like something would happen, or like a hurricane, or something, or, or like just different things. I think the worst one was when um, I was in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was coming back, and I got stuck, and I had to get pushed back because I was there for work. And there was a hurricane that hit Houston, like really bad. I can't remember the name. Harvey. Harvey. Thank you. You have a better memory than me. <laughs> hurricane Harvey, and we did like. I was sobbing, I was crying, like there was so much in my head, but like you would think I would be crying and upset because I can't get home because I couldn't, I couldn't find a flight, couldn't find anything. No, I wasn't sobbing and crying and acting hysterical on the phone with her at two in the morning because of that. It was because I was just like, I was watching the news online and seeing how many people were affected. And what's really good about, you know, them as my parents, not just because they're artistic. But also because they're artistically leaning people, but also because they're that leaning. And so they kind of they kind of guide that that energy, energy (laughs) towards doing something. And that's why we ended up doing that um, that donation drive. That was I've never seen something like that.
2: Again, it was an online
0: concert. Yeah. It was an, an online, online concert. benefit concert that we did with, with musicians from all over California, Texas, everywhere. all over the U.S., and we <clears throat> raised, um, for me, this was huge because I'd never raised that much money, and it was $2,400 for two the something. Houston Food Bank. That's a lot of money. It was a lot of money. It might have been more than 2000 I just know it was a lot of money than I had ever raised for anything. And so if you learn anything from them about, you know, being altruistic, being somebody that wants to help others is read the room and learn to read the room room. there. That's the message this holiday season. Learn to read the room, whether you're trying to help other people or just helping yourself (laughs) read the room. (laughs) Um, So what what is your favorite holiday movies? Oh my
1: god that you have to watch you Maybe have you could to have have watch it warn me with this question before we got here
0: <laughs> i already know one of moms die hard die hard okay that's one um
2: the christmas vacation national, national lampoons. lampoons a oh, wonderful life. A wonderful
0: life dang it you took mine <laughs> <laughs> You took it's a wonderful life it's a wonderful life um i didn't get to watch charlie brown christmas i felt a little bad about it we have the video yes and it's also on hulu it's online. It's both. But I didn't watch that one this year, but I have watched it almost every single year. Um, but for sure, for me, it would have to be. A Nightmare Before Christmas. See, that one's hard, too. I did watch that one, but I've I watch it on it. October <laughs> and I watch it in December. I watch them both months. So I wouldn't count that as a I only watch it. I still have not seen it. During Christmas. Yes, you did. No, I haven't. She doesn't remember <laughs> watching it because it's been that long. But you've watched it. Really? Yes. Dang. You did. So what is your favorite scene from that movie? From the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Oh. I can tell her what mine is, but I'm going to wait. Oh, Home Alone. Home Alone is another one I really like to watch. But anyway, I'm I'm getting off on a tangent. My dad likes that one.
2: I guess when he finally loses loses it, he says, we're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas this side of the nut house. (laughs) My favorite is.
1: I pledge allegiance to the the side. side.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, My favorite is. um, Oh my God. I think they're. I'm trying to remember. Oh. Like, it's like, isn't she happy? She has frostbite. And she's just like. Her eyes are open. Like, the daughter, because they've gone (laughs) all the way out to who knows where to get this tree that doesn't (laughs) even fit in their house. And and they ran. Like, the daughter's just frostbitten in the car like it. <laughs> that's my favorite now for It's a Wonderful Life it will always be the scene where he's like like he's in Potter's Field <clears throat> he's in Potter's Field and he sees the his grave like or no not his his brother's grave and like everything starts to hit him that like he really doesn't have anything like Mary's gone everyone's gone because he doesn't exist like the the life that he knows doesn't happen what about you for it's a wonderful life um,
2: in the end when his brother uh, let's give him a toast to the richest guy in town okay when he didn't have I mean he he wasn't rich financially well now he was at the end of the movie, oh, he was. Uh, yeah. Well, but people were giving money to help solve his problem, but the fact that he was richer than anyone in town because of all the friends, all those relationships. All the people he was kind
0: to. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, not only kind to, but, you know, I mean, he helped them and... Um, in his way, that he could, and in return, they helped him back. So he was the richest person in that town, richer than... You know what I really wished? Potter, Mr. Potter, oh, because... Oh, I hated that old man. Because... <laughs> yes. uh, because he was, um, because he had all those friends, and, and that's really... I mean, it's important in life. I think you know when you read studies on wh- you know what makes people happy or those that live happy lives. It's all about people who are the happiest have relationships, have connections. You know, not just to their family, but to you know friends extended and family. extended family. I think. Chosen <laughs> family, right? Yeah, that's that's a important. Good word.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I hated Mr. Potter. At the end of the movie, I still say that there should be a director's cut where right after everyone's like, "Oh my God, yay, little," and then like it it cuts, and there should be a, like a little bit of text that says, "Mr. Potter died the next morning of a heart attack." <laughs> Dan, But you like, know why he was
1: miserable, right? Yes, because he was an old, bitter man. But why was he bitter? I mean, he had relationships. He didn't have any relationships. Yes, he did. It he well, had a paid
0: relationships. He didn't have the relationships like he wasn't loved by people or liked or liked but he was an ass he stole their money my I have favorite oh, scene he didn't steal it yes he, he, he did no he because a man it.
2: he right he didn't do the right thing that's all he didn't give it he had back. no morals he had yes he had no moral <clears throat> compass so okay you what's your it. favorite scene in that movie
1: when he's running up the stairs and he holds on to the bola and it's like comes off
0: and he's like <gasps> Like put it back <laughs> because the he knows he's back you reality, appreciate uh, the, all the things you were mad about yeah all the things you appreciate you were mad about don't no matter.
1: yeah okay yeah so like when you're coming back to brownsville
0: how many times not anymore but when you see the palm trees you're like <sighs> yes actually yes there's there's something quite like visceral about like seeing those palm trees and they were going to take them out I thought they I, did. I didn't no, see them they, last they, time we came in. No, they're still there. I I'm mean, it might have been the, the, the freeze or it might have been something, but I remember they still have them there. But, I mean, maybe not in the center. They don't have them in the center lane anymore. They have no idea what we're talking about. So when you drive <laughs> into, into the into valley, the valley. Um, anywhere, it doesn't matter. It could be it could be through McAllen or even through um, 77. 77. Like there's palm trees. Um, Sable that, palms. Sable palms. That are pretty much like on the road side or center strip of the road that pretty much mark when you've entered the, the Rio Grande Valley. So, like that's a thing, and it's still a thing, and they haven't removed it. So I'm so very when he happy. Kisses that.
1: that ball. It reminds me of that of kissing a palm tree. Of like you're coming back home and you see the palm trees. You're like, ah.
0: so did you guys ever live outside of home? Yes, I did for three months. <laughs> <laughs> And when you lived outside of home, did you come for the holidays and was that like an, a sensation that you felt like? What was the sensation you felt? Homesick. Like that's a, what it's called. No, no, I know that's what it's called, ma'am. <laughs> it's I know that that is the sensation of homesickness, but what I'm saying is, what was the sensation? Because homesickness is is the lack of, is the, is the feeling of lacking... Of, of the thing that's familiar to you, i.e. home and the, and the sensations and the smells and the tastes and the, and the, re, and the oh, friendships, God. relationships, all that. That's what that all encompasses. But when you were living outside of Texas, because you actually left to Oklahoma. She ran when, to Oklahoma. She ran to Oklahoma. She <laughs> left. <laughs> she ran. She ran. Oklahoma. Do it. Do it. She ran. Anyway, and so when you came back to the Valley... not, not, let's just not say to like move because you did eventually move back. But when you came back to the Valley for the holidays, what did that feel like?
2: You know, the first holiday season, I couldn't come back. because I was too poor to
0: make my (laughs) way back. To drive her (laughs) ass down. So like, what did you do while you were up there since you weren't able to come home?
2: I had family and friends up there that I spent it with, but you know, and I, you know, it was just being, uh, being a part of something. You don't want to be by yourself. I mean you know, I think uh, people really don't want to be alone. We feel very disconnected now, I guess, because of COVID and the way wherever the world is working. But in reality, we all need human connection. We need each other, whether it be at work, relationships, if that's all you have. I mean, people need connection. So like, if people
0: are those that like, don't like the holidays, then how would you engage? It probably makes
2: them sad. Maybe they don't have memories. Maybe they don't have people to share it with loved ones friends family it's you know I think life is meant to be shared some way or another sure. so coming home I, I found a way and then the next year I came home and it was good to see everyone and then you know I was able to come home more often that second year and I came and then I realized every vacation I was trying to come home so
0: <laughs> you just came home
2: then I uh, You know, yes, then that's when I realized it was time to come back home. When I was, you know, every vacation break, coming home, it was like, OK, I hated
0: my first two holidays without you guys. We hated it, (laughs) too. And I I mind you, I was working for a company that really didn't allow me to get like time off during the holidays and then mass when I was when I was working for a bank. I hated that company. (laughs) That's fine. We could say that because we do not saying the name. But, but, like, what ended up happening is, like, I would, after that, that second one, I think it was, it was after the second holiday, I then, in the new year, had been, like, okay, well, every, every time I get a paycheck, because, like, usually you get, what, like, two, maybe three paychecks in a month, maybe, but, like, every second paycheck, I would go home. So it wouldn't be every single one, but I would be going home. And I had that same feeling, like I would see the palms and I would feel really good. And we would have to celebrate holidays early because I was working for a company that didn't let me get off on the holidays. And that relationship that I have to the holidays being a time to just kind of decompress, really focus on the things that matter. And as from 12 on to now that I'm 30, I think has allowed me to be more stable and more Like, there's a foundation, mentally, for me at the end of every year. You know that little emoji of the wallet with the wings on it just flying away? Well, that's me right now. I'm the advertiser. This is an ad for me, Veronique Medrano. Go listen to my music. I have a bunch of it this isn't a joke go listen to my music on your favorite streaming platform new songs out now are Malojo featuring El Dusty and DJ Kane and Mescal Maria featuring Beatriz González or if you're in the holiday mood check out Ya Viene Navidad and Peses en el Rio while you drink that extra glass of ponche that will give you cruda tomorrow or you can buy a physical CD are those still a thing? Okay, I'm being told they are. So go to my website, com to go get one now. And listen to it at your mom's house, because I'm sure she has a CD player. This has been your paid ad read. Because I feel like right now, especially, like, everybody's like, ah, oh, like, you're going to lose this much weight. Oh, you're going to do this. Like, Like, people are already rushing into the new year. And I used to be that way. But, like, I've shifted that way of thinking. So, like, going into the new year... Like, how do you manage mentally a new year?
1: Wow,
2: that's a pretty deep
0: question. <laughs> um, I don't.
2: Well, I yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I used to do what you said, you know, all these plans and goals and things. And then I guess as I got older, because I'm. Older than you now, and well, it's, I, uh, be I know I was I <laughs> hope you be older than me. <laughs> I mean, it's moving forward. You know, not you know, not looking back to miss things, but looking back maybe to learn from things, um, and moving forward. It's always moving forward because I know, live in the now. Mom hates it sometimes. Yeah, but moving forward, I mean, you know, whatever goals or dreams you still have or or set a new dream, I think it's important to continue to dream in one's life. And maybe you'll achieve it, maybe you won't, but it gives people hope. And I think hope is important. Uh, You know, sometimes I can watch the news and get very depressed because of what's happening out there. So you have to have dreams and hope. You know, and that's not just going to make the dream come true. You have to work hard and you have to be very tenacious, you know. And you don't have to wait for the new year
1: to set goals.
2: Just do it is what I've learned over time. But yeah, and, you know, there was a time where in the new year I would, okay, I'm going to do this because I didn't do that last year. And I, you know, and that's sometimes sure,
0: it, It's pressure. It's like, yeah, like do then that. you feel, then you feel horrible because then you look at like, that's why, I mean, I switched from doing like New Year's resolutions because I used to do them all the time and we would write them down like me and mom, you know, mom, like, you know, setting the goal. I think that was her point to doing that. And that's the point of New Year's resolutions is just to set the goal so you know where it is, but like not going, oh my God. Because there's a difference between setting a goal and working towards a goal. And sometimes they're not, they're not mutually exclusive because life happens. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, that now it makes sense. Like it makes sense why you shouldn't be setting something that just and being militant with it a little bit. Yeah, just set a goal. Yeah, yeah. But don't
1: pick a goal that you know you're gonna you're gonna fail. <laughs> you're gonna fail. I mean, I'm gonna lose 100 pounds from here to here. No, that's not realistic. You gotta be realistic too, to you. What? <laughs> I don't remember because you were my superwoman. She's like, you can't do that. I said, why not? She is perfect. She's perfect to me.
0: Oh, yeah. But I think it was it was definitely during a time in which I was having the hardest time with my body. And I mean, I I think every woman, I I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but the comment would be is like every turning 30 changes your body. And I know you guys both warned me, but I guess like in my mind.
1: Yeah, but we didn't care. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I care about your health, but. Whether you're fat or skinny, to me, it doesn't matter. I guess because I've been fat all my life. I'm fat, fabulous, and 55. <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't matter. As long as you're healthy.
0: Yeah. But still, it, it, it's to me more like, this is where we're at. This is how we feel. And as long as you feel good, you can do good. Right. So, like, I've been really grateful that at this point in my life, you know, transitioning into my 30s, like both of you are so open and communicative about those changes and and understanding them and being like, okay, like, don't make unrealistic goals because your body's not what it was at your 20s. Like you, you bounce like you, your body bounces different. Not only that, but you could be hitting menopause soon. Allah.
2: (laughs) Well, when that happens, we'll do another episode (laughs)
0: called According to Me. And my mom's the menopause edition, And that was well, be because it's- I
1: remember going to the doctor because I felt all these things and they would tell me, you don't hit menopause till you're in your fifties. Uh huh. And I was like 33, 34 mm-hmm. and I remember talking to my mom about it and my tia Morena and they were both talking about that they went through menopause in their thirties. Mm. So then when I kept going to the doctor and having all these issues, I was crazy.
0: I I hate going to the doctors, but at the same time, like if you're setting new year's resolutions or, or setting goals for the, the new year and they're health related, definitely suggest do those annuals right at the beginning of the year so that you know what you're walking into for the year and you can set a realistic goal for what's happening with your body, making sure everything's okay, doing all of that. Now, what is something that you would like people to take with them in the new year? Something that they should, like, take as a sign or as a, a message of, like, whether it's hopeful or whatever. What is something that you feel people need to know as they traverse this new year?
2: Um. <clears throat> Go, you know, live your life and you know, live every day, work toward the things you love, that you have passion for, and, you know, um, you know when you fall down, you know, that cliche is get back up and keep moving forward, always moving forward. And I know it's sometimes easier said than done for yeah. some people, uh, but, you know, I've had <laughs> some hard times too, but it's always looking forward that has gotten me through, along with family, you know you know, and, and speak up and let others people know when you do need help, not to be afraid to ask. What about you? Man, that's, there's so many.
0: Think of, think of one thing that is just really important for you at this point in your life that you feel people should know so that they can mentally be right and be at that place that you are now. <clears throat> I guess my health,
1: since I was having so many issues, um, when I had cancer and it would come back, then we had the double mastectomy that took care of that. But then I was having all these issues. So I thought it was cancer coming back into other organs, but it was just the foods that I was eating.
0: Yes. Yes. We just looked at the watch. So the thing that's the most important like to impart is, is health because of, you know, the double mastectomy because of these things that like now you're finally getting a handle on it. Right. My health. Well, your health, but like for other people, it's like if they feel something's wrong or like they don't have as much energy as they used to, like don't just blame age. Thank you. I was
1: trying to think of where I was going. Um, I guess because of the pandemic, I kind of hesitated. Mm-hmm. So if you're not feeling well or you feel off and you go to the doctor and they tell you, like, there's nothing wrong with you, your blood work is fine, everything's fine, but you're having all these issues, the doctors are not always right, so if you feel off, there's something, something's going on, so either get a second opinion, make sure you talk to your family, your friends, let somebody know what's going on, because the feedback is good, you'll always get... The conversation will spark. Oh, oh yeah. I started doing that. Yeah. Maybe that's what's messing me up.
0: Cause I, I think one of the things I hate the most <clears throat> about like diet or health culture is always like, I hate Ooh. the word diet is, oh, well you're it's your age. Like once you go past twenty five, everything starts breaking down. What does it matter? <laughs> like I, I'm serious. That's what I heard. I was listening. I was hearing from people at work, from people in, in literally my college classes. Like as I was reaching twenty five, like all of that stuff was always like, oh, it's just your age. Oh, it's just your age. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And like, eventually got to a point where I couldn't say, oh, well, I'm not gonna worry about it anymore because I was in the hospital. <laughs> but could I have gotten like instead of thinking, oh, I'm just feeling tired because I'm getting close to thirty. Oh, am I just this, like, it was such a drastic change for me. Like some of the things that were happening with my body when they were happening. And even now, like with, with like the accident and, and saying, Oh, you know what? Like there's certain things that feel off. I think ever since my last few stints at the hospital, I'm a lot more cognizant of how my body feels when it feels the way it does and being super cognizant about that. So do not assume that it's your age. Mm -mm. because my grandma's 91 and she can still walk and like go do her stuff and go drive and cook and cook. Mm -hmm. Like she's super cognizant and we have been just super blessed that, you know, like we all get checkups. We all like take care of ourselves. She takes care of herself. All of us do that. But it's like, if she at her grand old age of 91 is in really good health, And doing all of these things you shouldn't assume that as you age you deteriorate that's not the goal the goal isn't to deteriorate as you get older and just like be in chronic pain be in this be in that that's not that shouldn't be the norm right okay i think if if i hadn't changed the way i eat
1: first of all i don't like the word diet Mm -hmm. because you immediately shut off right Mm -hmm. so once i changed the stuff i was eating and ate ate healthier and made better decisions of the foods I was putting in my refrigerator, then things started to change on their own. That's great. Yeah. And I think that three things that I always tell everybody that asks me is sugars, breads and processed meat. Those are the three pick things. One. Yeah. Pick one, <laughs> pick one for 30 days, drop one <laughs> and see how you feel and see how you feel in the 30 days. If you, if you were able to manage that one, like say, I'm going to give up sugar and you feel better and you feel better in the 30 days. Then pick the other two, the bread or the processed meat,
0: and then do 30 days. And, and, and just do it. At, yeah, like, you know your body mm-hmm. better than you think. Like, it shouldn't, don't pull a meat and, like, wait till you get into, like, a serious medical situation mm-hmm. to start listening to your body. Do it sooner. Well, that's where I was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I waited too long to start listening to it. But this is the beautiful thing about the new year. Mm-hmm. You can start listening to your body now. And so my my final thing to impart um, for the new year, for everybody, is it's not a race. I got into the music industry after thinking that I was going to be a newscaster, a news reporter, a journalist. Actually, anything but a musician before I started <laughs> music. Because I, I really, like, I was very burned from the music school and college, like there was just so much overworking, so much things happening that I just, I'm glad that I didn't start a music career at a younger age because I would have burned out so much faster. But I realize now, especially coming into this stage of my life, there is no rush to get anywhere at any particular time. Live in the now. In the sense of not... Okay, not if you set an appointment. No manches. Like, actually get there on time. Do not pull a valley one hour later or 30 minutes later. (laughs) But, like, literally, be on time. (laughs) But in regards to how the journey takes you. Like I am in such a different position in my life that incorporates so many of the things that I love, that I learned, that I'm passionate about. But had I just rushed to do the one thing, how I wanted to do it, exactly how I wanted to do it, I would have put myself in a disadvantage to be successful as a person. So the biggest thing, the biggest thing of importance to me coming into the new year, in the holidays, is realize that there is no rush, that the timing of things happens exactly when it needs to happen and make mistakes and allow yourself to be flawed. (laughs) Allow yourself to be a student. Not everything is like a YouTube video and (laughs) happens in 30 minutes or less. Make lots and lots and lots of mistakes. (laughs) Yes. So you guys, thank you so much. Thanks to my moms for coming on to the accordion to me podcast with me and my moms For this wonderful holiday episode, I hope that you took a little bit of something from this amazing conversation that we had about the holidays and about the upcoming new year. And as always, puro amor, puro besos, puro Tex-Mex. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Accordion to Me. The team behind this week's episode includes mixing and editing by Juan Pablo Diaz, theme music by Rodrigo Montalvo, produced by Javi G. from MD Media. In-person recordings were done at the Spotify studios and remotely through Riverside FM. Accordion to Me is distributed through Anchor, and you can stream Accordion to Me wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm your host and executive producer, Veronique Medrano. Puro amor, puro besos, puro tex